as I understand it. Rectangle of mediocrity. Wow, Craig, that was some outstanding stuff. Whatever, Kevin. You sound like a real nerd. I'm grooving. Now I'm going off on a rant. Our guests are the meat to our stale bread. All right, it is another edition of the Channel Partners podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I am executive editor of Channel Partners and Channel Futures, Craig Galbraith. Joining me is always the man nobody can handle right now, our business development director, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? <laughs> Craig, you're absolutely right. The club and no one else can handle me right now. Um, I do have a quick question for you, though. Could you tell me something, Craig? Uh, that was weird. About what? Um, about anything, man. What, have you been living in a cave recently? No, I did know it was a reference to the Oscars. Tell me something, girl. Best song winner, Shallow, from A Star Is Born. But your singing was so bad, I figured we needed to spell it out for the audience here. Well, let me tell you something, Craig. If Beale Street could talk, it'd say that Kevin should be singing the blues in Memphis right now. So, anyway. Yeah, we're singing the blues. Then I'm walking in Memphis. <laughs> Getting back to your shallow reference, and I'm not talking about you yourself, uh, all the post-Oscar buzz is about Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Are they in love? I mean, the connection they shared on stage at the show. What are we, Access Hollywood? Okay, I'll run with it. I think they're still playing their parts through the entire award season, which closes with the Oscars, of course. Um, think about what people would say after we appear on stage together at our events. Believe me, folks, that is definitely acting. We don't like each other one bit. <laughs> no doubt. Reminds me of that uh, photo we took after the uh, MSP 501, where we had the uh, the mock sad face, and we were we were buddies there, you know, kind of showing off our our bromance in a sad, melancholy way. Yes, uh, one could say those performances were Oscar-worthy. Of course, I would get the Best Actor nom, and you would be Best Supporting Actor, obviously. Well, of course, of course. Uh, you know, one thing this edition of the Oscars proved, Kevin, is how unnecessary hosts are. Oh, oops. Wait a minute. Craig, what the heck, man? Don't say that. Let's not remind everyone how little value we actually bring to this whole shindig. We know it's all about our guests. The audience doesn't need the reminder. Why don't we give our audience a sample of exactly what podcast life would be like without Craig and Kevin? Gee, thanks a whole bunch for doing that, Craig. I'm really hashtag feeling valued over here. <laughs> well, speaking of life without hosts, let's end this atrocious monologue and get to our interview with someone who actually brings value to the podcast and the channel. Phenomenal idea, Craig. All right, Kevin, really happy to welcome in Tim Cook. He is the founder and chief revenue officer with Blue Logics. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing very good, Craig. Thank you. Glad to have you. So, Tim, just want to ask you real quickly before we get into all the good stuff that we're going to talk about. I noticed that Blue Logic is headquartered in McLean, Virginia. I'm actually in Rockville, Maryland, so are we neighbors too? Are you, are you out of the McLean office? 
I am out of the McLean office, and I didn't know you were out of Rockville. That's good to know. We'll have to have a, a coffee in the coffee house one of these days. It's just so close by around the corner. For sure. That sounds great. And, you know, Craig's going to make fun of me here, but I actually, if the, the building is still standing, when back when I was a channel partner many, many years ago, one of my largest accounts was the Tyson's Corner Center Mall. Is that still out there? It is. It's not only still out there, but I think they've added on to it several times, so it continues to grow. It's a booming area. It really has seen a lot of growth, and a lot of that growth is in retail. They gotcha. they, they actually just dropped a uh, uh, metro line there, so that's driving a lot of business. The silver line, the new silver line, there's yeah. a silver lining everywhere, they say. So right to McLean is one of those spots, so that's awesome. I'll have to come out there. I'm sure it's changed a lot in the last 10 years. Probably a lot of new buildings that, that I'm not even aware of. Do you guys even need Yeah, you should here, definitely honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Craig, you're still there? Yeah, I- I'm just going to go now. <laughs> oh, that's right. We're here to talk about all the great things Blue Logics is doing for the channel. Sorry about that. Yeah, why don't we go down to business? Uh, Tim, for those who might not be familiar with Blue Logics, uh, just give us an overview of the company and your role there as CRO. Blue Logics was founded six years ago. Uh, I'm a co-founder and uh, chief revenue officer, so I'm responsible for driving revenue. Pretty self-explanatory. My co-founder, his name is Yusuf Yagmore, and Yusuf actually developed the platform 15 years ago with cable and wireless as a telecom billing platform, a BSS OSS platform, carrier class for cable and wireless. And then later, the technology evolved with a relationship with Motorola to support Motorola's MVNO offering. So they had an offering they were taking to market. It was kind of an MVO in a box. Every operator needs a billing platform, and, and our billing platform happened to fit the bill. That was a successful venture, and that division of Motorola eventually got purchased by Nokia Siemens. But part of the technology that we deployed for that relationship was multi-tenancy. And multi-tenancy allowed us, kind of the timing was just right, you know, six years ago when everything's moving to the cloud, to be able to take this carrier class BSS OSS platform and now say, hey, we're going to do this, do with this thing. Well, you know, hey, let's put it in the cloud. Take carrier class billing functionality available to the masses. And these things cost millions and millions of dollars to deploy. You know, we push them out there for thousands. It's really anybody can get into the telecom billing business with our platform today. Now, since then, our market has evolved from what was primarily UCAS partners to IoT, infrastructure as a service, anything as a service. And now as, you know, kind of a secondary offering to to that platform, which we call Blue IQ, is Channel Flow. And Channel Flow takes this multi-tenancy to another level. Instead of us being able to deliver multiple instances to people who may want to use our platform to build their services, multi-tenancy allows us to take this platform and enable a service provider to enable their channel with multiple tenants and the ability to take their product to market where billing functionality and and billing capabilities may be uh, lacking for uh, channel providers that are just operating on on an ERP platform of some sort and don't have the sophisticated billing capabilities required to deliver services to the market. Tim, thank you for that excellent background there. You know, in our role here at Channel Partners, we do come into contact with a lot of vendors and suppliers that are looking to grow their channel and uh, specifically increase partner engagement. You've alluded to channel flow and all the things it can do. Can you tell us, uh, you know, what you mean in particular by the monetization moment and what that means for partners? 
Yeah, that's a good question, Kevin. I, yeah, one of the things is uh, when we talk to channel partners that one of the challenges that they have with the cloud is that oftentimes they're taken out of the monetization picture. They may be paid a commission on the back end, but the monetization moment is the moment when the customer writes you a check. And if the customer's not writing you that check, then you're not in the monetization moment. It's somebody else's monetization moment. And our platform enables channel partners to be able to capture that monetization moment back. And it's really important, an important part of their business. As channel partners try to build value in their organizations, it's really has to do if all you're operating on is a commission model, you, you know, because you don't own the revenues and you don't own the customer. So if you can get yourself in front of that and be able to be part of the monetization moment between the customer and the value that the service provider is offering, you know, you, now you're able to recognize top-line revenue, and top-line revenue is what drives value. The other important aspect of that is, is that as far as the customer is concerned, whoever he's writing a check to is, is, is who he has a relationship, he or she has a relationship with. So that, that's the monetization moment. It really is a, a very important part of the you know, service provider, channel partner, customer lifecycle and should be considered as something that a channel partner should want to retain. The, on the flip side of that, the service providers should realize that in that kind of relationship, their customer can be the channel partner. And if all they have to do is worry about supporting that channel partner and they don't have to worry about supporting the customer, they can enable that channel partner to deliver significantly more value than they're ever going to be able to deliver from an inside account manager sitting you know, somewhere you know, off-site. So there's a lot of dynamics there that are out of play in today's channel model that uh, were in play at some point in time, uh, and we want to get back in play. Got to love the monetization moment. Everybody likes a, a little cash, but uh, the alliteration uh, there as well, Tim, uh, good, good to see. <laughs> You started to touch on that and expand a little bit, but uh, Blue Logic supports vendors in a number of industries beyond strictly channel program management. Would love if you could touch on your as a service IoT and next gen telecom solutions, and specifically how you're working with vendors to help them understand and capitalize on the monetization opportunities within those industries as well. Yeah, sure, Craig. That's that's a great question because telecom is one of those things that, and even IoT, there's a telecom aspect to a lot of IoT, and, it, and it's essentially it's just network connectivity. How you know how am I going to connect this device to the network? And it's more and more through some type of uh, of a mobile network. And so consumption of those network resources needs to be measured and build in a lot of cases. And the challenge for the channel, yeah, there's several challenges to this. So to being able to monetize consumption is something that most channel partners aren't capable of doing because you know, they have QuickBooks or SAP or some other type of an ERP platform that's really not sophisticated enough to be able to do consumption or usage-based billing. And that consumption might be from multiple sources. So it's not just being able to read one source of data and count it and apply a rate to it, but it could be six, 10, 12 different sources of data that need to be mediated into a single usage record and then have some type of, uh, a, of a rate applied to that based on, based on consumption. So these are, these are very um, difficult things for your legacy CRM ERP in-house solutions to be able to manage. And the channel requires these things to be able to sell IoT and telecom in a lot of cases. The other aspect of that is tax and compliancy. Having integration with top tax engines like SureTax and Avalara 
allows those partners to go to market and be compliant from a tax standpoint. Shifting from being a, an agent or even a VAR or managed service provider into being a cloud service provider requires a different set of tools. And whether it's telecom or IoT or any other as a service solution, those tools are not typically found in most channel partners organizations. And we're offering a solution that can easily go in there very inexpensively and one in which the service provider can introduce to the channel that's already pre-built to be able to monetize their services. Some examples of that might be uh, UMA, which is a um, UCAS provider. We're doing some early stuff with 8x8 to be able to enable their channel to be able to sell telecom directly to the customer, write that top-line revenue, and be able to you know, maintain that customer ownership and continue to drive in deeper into the business, into the line of business owners that are actually beginning to make these decisions today um, around the CIO or the IT department. Tim, again, excellent stuff there. Uh, compliance billing, not always talked about at some of our events as much as they should be because it is essential for, for vendors and partners to succeed in this industry. So really glad we're talking about this. And, and also, I like, I don't know, your $5 is going to be in the mail because you brought up UMA and 8x8, both of which are, are going to be exhibitors and sponsors at, at the Channel Partners Conference next week. So, so we appreciate <laughs> yeah, that very much. I have to get much. a plug in from my friends there. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate that. And speaking of sponsoring, you know, Blue Logics recently led and sponsored a very informative webinar on the monetization revolution, which can be found on demand via Channel Partners Online. If you missed it, partner, shame on you, I'm telling you. Tim, can you tell our audience just a little about what that discussion was all about and then what we can expect to see from Blue Logics moving forward? So that's definitely worthwhile and going back and taking a look at because what we discussed there was the service provider perspective. So if you're a service provider, you have to see that, that webinar. And because that perspective is very different from the channel partner's perspective. What is the value that a service provider is going to see from channel flow? And, and there are several. One is a service provider scales and continues to build their customers directly. Scaling the back office to support that becomes a problem. So why not extend that down to the partner, enable the partner to be able to build those customers, and now you don't have to scale your back office. You're essentially enabling your partner to scale that for you. And the other thing is, is that, you know, oftentimes service providers have customers out there, but they don't really have a relationship with those customers. Those customers aren't coaching you know, the baseball team with the CEO of the channel partner trying to, you know, work out a solution, you know, after hours over a, you know, a cup of coffee or a beer. That's just not going to happen if you're managing your customers in-house as a service provider. And then the other opportunity is, of course, you know, as I kind of had, had alluded to before, was is that more and more cloud purchasing decisions, whether it's infrastructure, whatever it is, any kind of an application that you're that, that is being consumed, you know, off from the internet, those decisions are being made by the marketing department. They're being made by HR. They're being made by all of the sales. The line of business users are going around IT. And so if you don't have feet on the ground and, and you're not in these organizations and getting to understand how these organizations operate, there's no way that a service provider is going to be able to get in front of those buyers. And enabling the channel is really the way to do that. Definitely can't miss a webinar for sure, Tim. I want to remind our listeners if they want to check out Blue Logics on the web, it's bluelogics.com. That's B-L-U-L-O-G-I-X. 
Tim And Tim, before we let you go, I just want to ask you, with the name of Tim Cook and working in tech, do you get a lot of people coming up to you asking you how to operate their iPhones? <laughs> no, but, but you should see my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> well, you can see out. the request I get. Yeah. And I do get special service when I did when I walk into the Apple store. There you go. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. I like it. Well, Tim, thank you so much for joining us here today. I really, really appreciate you taking the time and a uh, great discussion here. Yeah, thanks guys. Really appreciate it. Definitely let's get together for uh for for some coffee. That sounds like a plan. I'm in. I'll see you at Channel Partners, I'm sure. Yes, coming up soon. Outstanding stuff from Tim Cook and myself there as we brilliantly represented the DMV region. That's not the motor vehicle department. That's the D.C., Maryland, and Virginia region for those who aren't from this area. And, well, I guess you were there too, Craig, somewhat involved. You know, listening to you, Kevin, is just about as bad as sitting in the DMV for a couple hours. (laughs) Teed you up for that one, didn't I? (laughs) <laughs> hey, let's talk about your uh, yet another mediocre song choice to open the podcast. It seems like it was so long ago. Was that old school flow rider I heard? It sure was, Craig, and that song used to be my jam back in the day. Getting to the right now, I thought we should use it as a lead-in to the revamped Digi Awards 2.0, where channel partners will be taking our partners to the club. For real? As in one of the many Las Vegas clubs where celebrities and other bigwigs hang out? Kind of, but more like our decked-out keynote room with a mammoth video wall filled with celebrities of the award-winning channel variety. That sounds amazing. Tell me more. So, Craig, as we've talked about earlier, the Digi Awards is going to be set up kind of like the Oscars. It's our Legacy CP360 Awards, but this time we have 12 different categories. We're going to have nominees in each category and then award one winner during the reception. So we're going to have that first. It's going to be a somewhat exclusive party with about 60 or 70 award nominees and some sponsors. And then right after that ends, about 45 minutes in, we are going to open it up to any partner carrying a conference and expo pass or an all expo pass to a much larger, I think the executives want me to say reception, but I want to call it a party. Cue the Beastie Boys. You gotta fight for your right to party. We're just going to have a great time with about hopefully 200 to 300 partners as well as maybe five to ten sponsor companies. The video wall will be working, the music will be pumping, and we'll have some free drinks and food. So just a good time for everyone to hang out, of course, network, continue to do business um, before they head out to some of those late-night clubs in Las Vegas. But just a great chance to get a big group of people together having a good time talking channel, buddy. That thing's going to be raging. That will assuredly be an award ceremony and party not to be missed on site. So what do you say we keep the podcast channel celebrity party going by bringing in our next guest? Let's do it! With that, Craig, please allow me to welcome in Andy Ori, co-founder and CEO with 128 Technology. Andy, how you doing? I am doing terrific today. Thank you very much, Kevin, for having me. Our pleasure. So, Andy, I understand uh, Kevin tells me that 128 is based in the Boston area. So uh, I would imagine that you're a Patriots fan and we're all going to groan. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I do I do love the Pats, but I've been a longtime sports fan of the Pats. Back uh, when I grew up in Worcester, Steve Grogan used to be quarterback. And, you know, you've got to love a team through thick and thin. 
Absolutely. I remember those days myself. Craig's a Seahawks fan, Andy, so, you know, he knows all about the thick and thin. Yeah, we suffered through well, some pretty tough years. Well, you have a great team and you have a great coach. It's really, I, I love watching games against the Seahawks. <laughs> so since I'm a Giants fan, I'm going to quickly turn this back to business because I don't even know what the no. NFL is. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, Andy, for our audience that might not already be familiar with 128 Technology, could you please provide us with a high-level overview of the company and what led you to co-found and lead the organization as its CEO, as well as where did that name come from? Sure. Our basic thesis is that networking is really broken. I think a simpler way of thinking about it is that it's misaligned. 25 years ago, we standardized on an architecture, on, on IP, and the world raced to connect everything. And now everything is indeed connected or networked, and it scares the crap out of all of us. And now we're trying to figure out how we selectively allow things to be connected so that we can deliver these services in a secure fashion. But when we raced to connect everything 25 years ago, the three biggest trends in networking today were not even envisioned or anticipated. And that is the movement to the cloud, mobility, and security. And so what we have is a connection paradigm that really is kind of misaligned with what the biggest forces buffeting this infrastructure today are. And so our technology sits at the edges of these routed networks and we enhance and realign this existing network architecture to allow it to more effectively deal with the cloud, mobility, and security. Hey Andy, talking about networking uh, these days, you can't uh, do that without mentioning SD-WAN. Uh, tell me, what does 128 mean by session smart SD-WAN? Tell us how it differs from other SD-WAN offerings. And uh, of course, I want to know if it can help Kevin finally appear smart through this interview session. Yeah. Well, I think he is. So <laughs> there's one of you. <laughs> SD-WAN, software-defined wide area networking, really is the notion that people need a more agile, flexible, wide area networking scheme that allows them to utilize both their high-cost engineered connectivity pipes as well as low-cost internet connections in a way that benefits their enterprise optimal. And the way people have thought about SD-WAN as a use case and a product is an overlay to the existing network infrastructure. I have this complicated, unwieldy mess of connectivity, and I'm going to put on top of it some additional multipath routing functionality. Now, we stepped back. We didn't approach this market from SD-WAN. We approached this market from why do people have networks? Because if you didn't need a network, you would eliminate a lot of cost and a lot of security. And the only reason you have a network is to connect to and deliver services and applications to your internal and external customers. And the thing that is common to all services and all applications is that they're session stateful. And every element in people's networks today, firewalls, load balancers, deep packet inspection boxes, SBCs, and everything else, they're all session stateful with the exception of the router. And the router is really the fundamental device that makes up networks. And so the fact that we could reimagine the router to virtualize it and then change its DNA to make it speak the language of sessions, TCP and UDP sessions, to be involved with and aware of what the network is trying to do from a service and application point of view solves lots of problems. Not the least of which is it lets you re-engineer your WAN. Now the difference is 
we are not just an SD-WAN product. We're really a software session smart router that gives you the most effective software-defined or WAN capabilities, but also allows you to connect and internetwork to the cloud. It lets you deal with and solve IoT. It improves your security. So we give you the functionality, but we approach it from the perspective that we need to help fix what's wrong with networking within your existing network, not just add something on top of it. Wow, Andy, very well said. Uh, I do already feel smarter in this interview session, which for me might not be saying much, but but I'm getting there. <laughs> You're still a Giants fan, aren't you? Yeah, so <laughs> I guess I'm not that smart yet. <laughs> but, you know, I have to tell you, you mentioned cloud, and, and when I hear multi-cloud, I immediately think that's just where Craig's head is most of the time. However, uh, I do... Better the cloud than the fog. <laughs> Well That's said. That's true. That's true. Spoken like a true editor, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> However, I do understand that multi-cloud takes on a whole new meaning for businesses. Can you tell our audience about your fabric solution that can help these businesses, our partner audience's clients, more effectively manage their multi-cloud environments? Yeah. You know, what, what's really interesting is that the cloud emerged as a way to get things done quickly or from an operational cost, not from buying any more CapEx. And people just started taking their credit card out and buying instances in the cloud and finding a way to connect to that cloud. And as organizations start to incorporate a cloud strategy holistically into their enterprise, they've got all sorts of security policies and route policies and connectivity paradigms that they need to engineer and they need to instantiate and they need to enforce. And very quickly, what's emerging, in my opinion, is that we're trading vendor lock-in from the enterprise infrastructure point of view to vendor lock-in in the cloud. And done right, not just networking to the cloud, but internetworking to the cloud allows you to put your work efforts, your, your applications, your services, your data in any and all different clouds that you want and dynamically instantiate policies to connect to and deliver these services and applications to your customers. And as you move where that work is, your policies and your network should automatically follow that without requiring you to go back and put new ACLs into your firewall or figure out new route policies. So we see a world that it's really like a Texas two-step. The first thing is people use the cloud as an augmentation to or an offloading from their own enterprise IT. But now they're starting to think more holistically about what my cloud strategy is. And it's a world where you need to and will have multiple clouds that you have to incorporate dynamically into your enterprise infrastructure to deliver services. And you can't stop to have to recompute, recalculate, and reprovision every time you make a move of where your services reside. Well, Andy, we're excited to hear much more about all of this that we've been talking about coming up at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo April 9th through the 12th in Las Vegas, where 128 Technology will be an exhibitor. Thank you for that. As the event is coming up in just a little more than a month, uh, what can you tell partners about some of the exciting things they can expect to see and hear from you guys at the show? Well, we're really excited. We have a fastball keynote which is uh, Wednesday, April 10th, and it's at 1.20. We look forward to seeing folks there. And then uh, we have a booth. Uh, we're very excited. We're going to have, have a bunch of people there. It's uh, E19. And people can reach us at www.128technology.com or email us info at 128technology.com. And we look forward to seeing you all there. Thank you very much for the time.
Andy, thank you so much. And yeah. you just saved me a lot of work there. I was going to read all that stuff for you, but you just did it. You were on, you were on your game. I, and I look forward to meeting both of you. This, this will be really fun. Thanks so much for joining us here, Andy. Really appreciate the time. Looking forward to seeing you in Las Vegas. Great to get the 10-4 there, Kevin, from 128 Technology. Excited to see them in Las Vegas. Me too, Craig. And after a guess that good, I think we should wrap up just like the Oscars did, with an abrupt, awkward, and immediate close. <laughs> That's pretty easy to do for us. Uh, don't forget to check out the archive of Coffee with Craig and Kevin by going to Apple Podcasts, typing in Channel Partners Online. You can also find us on SoundCloud and, of course, the ChannelPartnersOnline.com website. We'll catch you next time. Y'all come back now, you hear?